Fuck me. That is. Oh, God, that is so funny. Am I right? So spot on. Yeah, it's getting what he looks like. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) What's your number two? That's. (laughs) I I will be. Laughing about that and regretting my laughter about that for a while, and I thank you. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. that the Literate Ape cast is recorded for adults with adult themes and language. If you are easily offended, best to cover your ears. But then why listen to a podcast, dumbass? Two things I'm very excited about, David Himmel. Two things that I'm, I mean... Only two? Have made, have made my week worth living. I mean, we are talking, I'm excited. Number worth one, living, wow, okay. Yeah, number yeah. one... <laughs> Um, I got into a David O. Russell uh, sort of like spiral and started watching a bunch of David O. Russell movies. And I realized for the first time that Bradley Cooper in American Hustle looks exactly like you if you had like Jerry Curl. I am telling you, (laughs) you, it's crazy how much. I can see that. I never saw it before. That's I've always funny. liked Bradley Cooper, but I mean, when I watched and now him, you don't like Bradley Cooper because now he reminds no, you. No, I of do me. like Brad. Well, that's like the first time. <laughs> the first thing I watched was Silver Linings Playbook, and I yeah. couldn't get. It took me about five ten minutes of the movie to get past the fact that it like what the fuck is Rocket Raccoon doing in here? And so then I had to get past the fact because you know, he's I the know, voice yeah. of Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't get. But then. And, and, and the thing is, I don't think you look anything like him in Silver Linings Playbook. You act like him, you know, kind yeah. of like manic, depressive nuts. Yeah. However, yeah. the character he plays in fucking American <laughs> Hustle is just enough of the David Himmel, I, sir, I want you to like me and be cool and that thing, and then the Jerry cool, and you, your face looks similar. I went, oh my God. My God, I couldn't get over it. I went the whole movie. I'm watching. I'm going. It's fucking David. This is hard. And, is, <laughs> and if that makes you, if you're, if that's David, then does that make me the fat comb over asshole that Christian Bale plays? I don't think so. That I hope makes not. you Jennifer Lawrence. That's perfect. Yeah. That's. Uh, I'll love being Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. That I'd works. love it right. if you were Jennifer Lawrence too. Right. The second thing I'm super excited about. So yeah. there's the Bradley Cooper thing, which yeah. I got very excited about. <laughs> The second thing so is, um, David Himmel, you wrote a speech for the president of the uh, United States, dude. Yes. The well, fuck? That's cool as shit. Now, don't downplay it. Fucking brag your ass off. This is pretty cool. Look, it's pretty cool, David. It, it is, it's it pretty is cool. Yes, cool. it's very cool. So, you know, for my job with August Jackson, I'm a creative director, and I we've got this event we're putting on for CARE, which is, you know, an organization that's been around for 75 years, helping to end world poverty and world hunger. And it's, it's an, it really, it's an incredible organization. Is this something that people can, uh, like, pay to be on Zoom, like, uh, like join? No, because you don't have to pay. It's free. Okay, so... Uh, Anybody can join. Make sure, yeah. make sure that you let me know uh, what the link is, and I will... And, as much as we always make fun of show notes, show notes, I yeah. will actual put it, right. I will put this in the show notes because I think this is super cool. Okay. Yeah, thank and you. I want yeah. I, and and I want people to hear the speech you fucking wrote for Joe Biden to say. Well, and the, the other easy way to other than the show notes is you can just go to care.org and you can follow the link there. But uh, yeah, so they've got all of these celebrities and these presidents and like Madeleine Albright, Secretary Madeleine Albright is speaking and Iman. The, the model and you know David Bowie. Yeah, you didn't write for Iman. Uh, see, now I'm bummed. I did not write for Iman because uh, it would she's be way cooler if you wrote tell. for Iman. Yeah, but yeah. if you wrote for Iman, that's even better than Biden. I'm sorry. So 
my job with this is to provide scripting. Yeah. So, like, I wrote stuff for Whoopi. You know, she's hosting the thing. But then, you know, Care takes it and her and Whoopi's people take it and they adjust. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's... It's, it's, You're like the Bruce Valange yeah. of the Care event. For right now, sure. I mean, I... Did you write jokes for Whoopi? Not really. Yeah. I mean, because it's not like a jokey thing. I mean, we're talking about, like, saving lives and curing hunger and starving Did you ever people, see Robin you know? Williams when he did the, uh, what was whatever, it? the laugh, fucking... Laugh out? No, what the hell laugh, was it? Was yeah, Billy Crystal, the, the laugh Williams, aid or, Yeah, yeah. What they, the hell they was were that saving, called? There were like seven I, of them or something. Laugh aid or some bullshit like that, yeah. What the I hell know. was that? Yeah, that was when Whoopi was an actual stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah and they were and yeah. they were feeding people and all that stuff, yeah. and it was all about the jokes. So, so it's, I'm thinking, it's, why, yeah. why don't you bring up... Just throw in for Whoopi a couple references to that. It's just, I mean, I did that, write her a five-minute bit about Ted Danson's junk. See, that's all I wanted to hear. I, we'll that's see good. if that makes the final Let's cut. hope. What yeah. I would love is if accidentally it got mixed up, and all of a sudden Joe Biden's Biden talking is about Jeffrey. Ted Danson's junk. That's awesome. So the Biden thing, it, I get an email yesterday, uh, or, yeah, yesterday, from CARE saying, uh, well, originally we were meant to do Jill Biden. So Jill Biden was going to present the five millionth CARE package. Yeah. being delivered in the United States. Because when COVID hit, CARE started delivering care packages to uh, U.S. citizens for the first time ever. Because they've always been, it's always been America helping other countries. Other countries, yeah. But we um, needed it this time, so yeah. why not? So, yeah. so in a year, we've delivered 5 million care packages to our own citizens, which is a really incredible thing. So Jill Biden was originally meant to be the the, the person for this. Jill had other shit going, so she tapped her deadbeat husband is like hey can you do this thing? yeah so i get this email saying president biden's gonna do this can you write a script for him yeah okay so i had like two hours to write this thing and i banged it you know yeah and i mean look i don't i don't know exactly what the final is this a is research no, no i'm curious this and this is from a a, a fellow writer yeah. is this a research thing where you researched what they were doing and then you sort of wrote it out or did you just say like I've got two hours to write something inspirational I'm gonna write it like in Joe's voice yeah that's that's what I did I mean I had to talk about so care. you didn't do any you didn't do any research I didn't really I didn't have to I mean I was I'm talking oh. about care I'm talking about the five millionth care package and what it means right, you know, so how, basically what I did is I sat down and I tapped into all right let's what would Joe Biden say and I tapped into empathy because that's Joe's thing yeah, like, but it's also his thing. His thing is also to get pissed off in parking lots and challenge people to fight. So I mean, well, what thing? I left that part out because I know that we're not going to be involved in any parking lot fights. Because that would be pretty yeah. fun speech too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, and I mean, care. Then I I sent it off to care, and they did their thing with it. And I'm sure Biden's people are going to put some kind of t- you know, it's oh yeah, there, yeah. There'll be lots of spin, but the but fact yes, is, you I, still wrote a speech for Joe Biden, and I, that's fucking cool. I provided words. That Joe Biden will say in some I, again, I don't know exactly he what may it's going to look like. He may I, say yeah. some of them in context. Maybe he'll get whole phrases. I mean, because that's yes. how that. I yeah. mean, ultimately, if you've never written stuff for other people to say, and and Dave, obviously, I've never written for a fucking president, but I've yeah. written scripts for other people to say. Yeah. Is that once it goes through a couple things, you're happy if like a full phrase that you wrote that you thought was cool. Yeah remains i understand that but i'm still going to when i listen to it i don't give a shit how much is yours and how much is not you fucking wrote it i'm telling people yeah. you wrote the goddamn speech because <laughs> yeah. that's fucking cool yeah and it, it, it is cool i mean i don't want to like i don't want to be like man what's the big deal it's just my job it was just an, it was just another wednesday like no i mean yeah it's it's pretty cool but i just want to be clear that i'm not joe biden's speech writer I just want to make like that Brad, clear. If you were now, here's it. If you were like Bradley Cooper in American Hustle, then you would definitely say you were Joe Biden's uh, speechwriter. You definitely I mean, go I, there. I will say, when asked, "Have you ever written for a and U.S. president?" I will and say, then you'd, "You're goddamn right, I have." And then you'd <laughs> beat you'd beat Louis C.K. with a phone, right? Um, yeah, you know. So, uh, what's cool? I mean, the coolest thing about this writing for Joe Biden thing is that my wife. 
is like, actually no, I, that's proud how I, of me. The thing is, that's how I knew about because <laughs> right. I, you know, it's like yeah. you didn't say anything to me. It's not like I, it's not like I pimped you for the Apecast to be able for you to be able mm-hmm. to talk about this. You didn't even know I was going to say this. I saw it on Kate. Katie put it on Facebook, yeah. and she was so fucking excited, and I was like. Well, she has every reason to be fucking excited. Yeah. So I look at your Facebook to see if you've... And you didn't say shit. I was like, well, you dick, you wrote for President Biden. Well, I was excited about it. I was, I was it. busy writing for President Biden. I didn't have time to go on fucking Facebook and talk hours, about it. took you two hours, you fucking... Bullshit, it took you two hours. Yeah, Come but on. I had, I, but I had other shit to do. No, you didn't. Dude, it's just You're a the job, creative man. director. You're the creative director. There's like, here's a list of shit, David. And you go, you know what? I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to do that shit. I'll delegate this off to that guy. This broad can write that shit. I'm this writing. This broad can write I'm, I'm writing the, the speech for President Biden because I'm the guy that gets to make that choice. Yeah. So that's good. But it took two yeah. hours. You could have bragged a little bit on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I am. It's, it's cool. It's definitely cool. Um, yeah, and you should be very proud, and I, and I, I am, I'm very proud. I am very proud for you. So thank I was, you. I, like I, I, I read mean, that, and I was like fucking thrilled. That's, I just that's was so the coolest pleased. thing. Is that like because we've we've documented it well on this podcast that my wife is not often, if at all, she ever is not often thrilled of with yeah. you as a human right. being, or your job, or your dish doing, or right. your shower taking, <laughs> or your parenting, right. or your sex. You know, I got it. We yep. know. We if we if you're a listener to the Apecast, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's so it's very exciting that your wife is thrilled. It is, yeah. Writing. And and you're excited and and would she be of e- equally as thrilled if you had written uh, a speech for like I don't know Ted Cruz? No. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I she like maintained the pride that she has that I. I maintain a, a full-time job. So it's really but it's that, really not you, it's Biden that got the praise. It's Biden. And I quote Belbib DeVoe now. <laughs> I thought it was did, me that made that girl this wild. Yeah, no, it's... Oh, uh, oh yeah. did, did you quote Belbib DeVoe in, this, in the Biden speech? Because that would be gold. I didn't quote Belbib DeVoe, but I did quote New Edition, which is Belbib DeVoe adjacent. Which, so, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Uh... <laughs> No, it's it's, it's funny because she did. She sent a text to her her side of the family, bragging about this. Yeah, and I wasn't on the text chain, so I was like, and I just asked. I was like, did did anybody say anything? Because you know her her side of the family, they're not Biden fans. Well, that's what they say is she yeah. she bragged to her side of the family, and they went that fucking traitorous bastard. Right? Is he wearing a mask? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know that's exactly what they said. So and apparently nobody said anything except her brother Ben. He was like, oh, that's there awesome. You and, you know, but whatever, it's it's fine. But the cool, the other cool thing is my Aunt Patty called me tonight and she goes, and she doesn't call me that often. So okay. she goes, okay, first, no one's dead. And go, all right, thank you <laughs> for that. That's good to hear, and yeah. And she's like, is it true? I never go on Facebook and I jump on and I see this thing and oh my, and she was just like, Beside herself with, and it's like, that's Well, it's that's such cool. a nice, that's cool. The thing about it, the thing about it is, you know, if you're, if you're, it's you know it's it th- I guess that's the thing is is it wasn't surprising to me because mm-hmm. I understand I understand your job what, I understand yeah. Yeah, August yeah. Jackson's a pretty big deal it's a it's a it's a significant sort of marketing of its presence yeah so it doesn't surprise me that you got that opportunity yeah um, so that was not my re- I was just thrilled I was just like that's yeah. a great you know I when you said you were writing for Whoopi I didn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, no, it's, right. you know, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like whatever, me yeah. calling you up and saying, hey, Dave, I'm writing a, I'm writing a speech for George Takai. Who gives a shit? So what? <laughs> oh, my. But, uh, that's what I would say. You know, oh, my. Because that's hilarious. Um, you know, but the, it's like, all right, that's, that's kind of fun, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But, you know, to write a speech for the fucking president of the United States who has, and again, it's arguable. I get it. I, I understand people stand on the fence, but I think he is doing a. Let's put it this way: he is exceeding expectations in exactly the way that uh, Trump exceeded expectations. Here's what's great about Joe Biden: <laughs> is that I have spent the last maybe two weeks, like, I relax. Don't, I don't know what's going on. 
you know, I do. I don't know. But what's it has going nothing to do with world. Biden. But, he is playing his cards so well. He's just like, you know what? I'm not going to be a celebrity. I'm going to be a fucking president, yeah. which means that I am a civil servant and fuck off and I'll make my announcements. I'm going to let. I love his press secretary. She fucking rocks. Is that the, the, the super Irish girl? Yeah, the redhead, the the the, the press secretary. She looks, she looks like as Irish as Woody Allen does in that scene in Annie Hall where he's at the table. With, yeah, yeah. And he's in. He looks like a Hasidic Jew. He's full Jew. Yeah. She is that version of she's Irish. She's as Irish. Like, yeah. She, well, she's pale yeah, skin, yeah. red hair. I think she's she like only Jillian, wears green. She's like Jillian. Jillian Hemi. Hemi, yeah. She's like that goddamn <laughs> Irish. Yeah, absolutely. I love Jillian. But it, yeah, I do too. But she's. But she. I just think she's great. I just love the Biden. I love the whole Biden thing. But I was thrilled yeah. with that, so that I wanted to congratulate you on oh, that. Thank and you, man. This, thank you. Yeah, well, it was like we're talking about what we were talking about. It seems like we're just going to kind of talk about. Now, you wrote that one of the things you wanted to talk about was uh, that NPR is celebrating its 50th birthday, <laughs> and the Moth Radio Hour still sucks. Ha ha. So what does that mean? You think it well, sucks? And, and, so, and, 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 and but but not just that it sucks, but that it still sucks. Like it it sucked before. So tell me, tell sucked. me. Yeah, I mean, I was I was half half kidding. Uh, well, the other the only other time that my wife has been proud of me is when I did the Moth Grand Slam. That you 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 were still doing it. You hosted it. Yeah, yeah. And that was like twenty fourteen, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Um, yeah. No, I the Moth Radio Hour is fine. It's just that the Moth Radio Hour has become the thing that ruined storytelling. Like it made storytelling a thing instead of just you know, stories that honestly, get told. It's a thing. Here's uh, the thing I think is interesting. Well, this is the thing I think is, and, and this is, I think because you're in the eye of the storm, you're like right in the middle of it. Um, Cause I remember thinking, Oh my God. You know, I remember when I was in Chicago, I was like, Oh, the moth is a big deal. And I'm a host of the Moth, and that's kind of a big deal. And, and it is it's really it changed. Is. And it's really no, that's the thing. It's not a big deal. <laughs> okay, that's what fine. I'm saying. Because I'm out here in the fucking Nevada, and nobody's even fucking hurt. I mean, when I, I mention, when I'm let's put it this way, when I mention NPR to half the people I have talked to, they don't even know what NPR is, let alone what the fucking Moth is. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, like the Moth. What's that? Like the Moth Radio Hour? Uh, no. No, what is that? Yeah. It's like a storytelling. And then I tell them it's a, it's, it's a radio show, podcast, storytelling. And they look at me like I'm talking to aliens. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I'm speaking a language that's never been invented. Because they just look like I'm a gibberish monster. Because they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Not only that, there are people in California that, that know anything about no, yeah. no, nothing about the Moth. Most of the Midwest does it, so this is what I'll say. It's a it's a big city snobbery thing. It well, no, it's a New York, Chicago, L.A. Maybe a little bit, but probably not that much. LA. It's mostly Chicago and fucking in New York. Yeah, but because most of the people in the country have never fucking heard of it. Right. So, and the thing is, I guess that thing is, I and and maybe I appreciate it in a different way now that I'm not in Chicago because. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest problem with Chicago, with both Chicago storytelling and the Moth, is that at a certain point, everything wanted to sound like NPR. Everything wants to sound like NPR. Everything wants to sound like Ira Glass. Like yeah. there but, is this but, monotone, dullard, self-aggrandizing uh, tone that just that. But, permeates through but here's the thing david and maybe this is again um i mean one of the things i wrote for my i believe that you'll see this afternoon um let me find it because uh it, it kind of sums up how i feel is that my move from woke homicide town to las, Neg las vegas nevada has been justified daily for over two years and this is the thing. It's not that I dislike Chicago or even have any ill will towards Chicago, but one of the things I can say is the things that I had learned to despise mm. that were significant in Chicago, I actually find kind of comforting now. So mm -hmm. that very NPR sound, because I'm not surrounded by it 24 yeah. hours a fucking day, 
I I I feel comforted, and it. Well, I'll, I'll give you because another thing you want to talk about. It makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, I mean, it really job, does. Yeah, I'm writing. I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing a lot of sales copy. Yeah. Certainly not for Joe Biden. Um, and uh, the more I read, maybe about, I'll get a chance to write sales copy for Ted Cruz. Who knows? Well, this is the thing. Future's unwritten, feel, man. Future's unwritten. I actually don't. That's the thing is, I actually don't feel like I'm that far from that. Um, <laughs> and that is, and that is an interesting. It's an interesting dilemma that I'm facing with this gig because I like the gig. It's not hard. I'm good at it. But right now, one of the things I had to realize is like they don't know what to do with a copywriting department. Yeah. I mean, they hired me to create a copywriting department. But these guys, I mean, it's it's a business been around for a couple of years, but they kind of behave like a startup. And I get that. Yeah. Um, and but what's interesting is that they don't really know what to do with a copywriting department primarily because the CEO thinks he's a brilliant copywriter. Mm-hmm. And he's not a bad writer. It's not, I'm not going to say that. He's actually a pretty good copywriter, but I would not say... He's he's a great copywriter for his copy, for the stuff he thinks is important. Sure. You know, and so... And in that way, he's he's quite good. Um, but one of the things we had... We had a little... Uh, uh, a little it wasn't a disagreement, it was sort of a clarifying, clarifying uh, incident the other day on one of our marketing stand-ups, is that I, he asked me to write an informational only, and he was very specific that it not be salesy in any way. Okay. Just wanted me to write a blog post, like 2,500 words, that kind of breaks down one of the things about this business. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's a, big, this, that's a lot of words. Well, the thing is, this is an SEO thing. That's actually, that's not his. He didn't request 2,500 words. That's what I demand as the senior copywriting mm. manager. If you're going to write a blog post, it's going to be 22 to 2,500 words, primarily because right now the Google algorithm requires, I mean, they're, they're really only going to recognize it if you've got 2,200, 2,500 words. Huh, okay. That's, I mean, from that kind of standpoint. So anyway, he was very clear to say, you know, iOS has got the app tracking, uh, you know, that that new thing, iOS mm-hmm. 14. And Google has just announced that they're revoking a certain amount of analytics for keywords that they're doing. And Facebook has now limited um, the number of ads any corporate page can take out and limited the effectiveness to seven days from 28. LinkedIn has now stopped invites. Just a whole bunch of shit yeah. has all come down at the same time. And he said we should have... An informational article that basically explains to any of our clients that this is what's going on. So that's what I wrote. Okay. And you know me, writing straight up researched, almost white paperish, sort of like, here's the facts, ma'am. There's no crazy metaphors. There's no, you know, and I said, how much salesy? You know, he said, no salesy. So that's what I wrote. Okay. So this morning, or the other morning, I were on a stand-up with the other copywriters, and he wants to break down the article that I wrote. I said, great. I don't have an ego about it. I don't give a shit. And everything he's saying is like, you got to write to like their ninth graders. They're like ninth graders. Yeah. And everything is scare quotes and scare headlines uh. and clickbait. And it's all this heavy, heavy sales shit, right? And I said, I said, so basically you want us to write everything like fox news writes it because mm-hmm. one of the things and i forgot when i said this my boss is very very right wing and he oh, doesn't inject really? he does not inject his politics and that's what i appreciate he doesn't in, inject his politics into almost any of his converse with our, our business there's none of that he does not proselytize as in like fiscally or like culturally like, trump trump culturally trump Oh, um, super, boy. super Christian, evangelical oh, Christian. Oh, God. You know. I mean, you know, and it's like, I'm fine. As long as he doesn't, like, push it up in my face, because when he pushes it in my face, I push back. I'm not going to do course. anything otherwise. Yeah. I can get along with it. But I yeah. said, so, like, I said, so, like, you're saying we need to write, like, for people that listen to Fox News. Or he watch said, Fox Fuck News. yeah. And he went, well, you know, well, he instantly went, you know, it's all media. Okay. And I, and I went... Oh, well, not not in PR. <laughs> Have you listened to the Moth Radio Hour? And, 
See that thing is that, but that was the thing is that he goes, "What do you mean? What do you mean not NPR?" I said, "Well, that's the only broadcast news I listen to." Mm-hmm. I said because you know I said because what you're telling me is that we have to write for retards that watch Fox, and he goes, "I didn't say retards." I said, "You said ninth graders, and if you've ever met a ninth grader that watches Fox News, they're retards." <laughs> All right, and so he was. You could see him getting. You could like on this Zoom call. He's getting a little agitated. Yeah, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna back off." He's getting the the Tucker Carlson pucker. Yeah, get a little little tense, and it was all right, you know. And uh, but yeah, but that was my thing about NPR. It's like, and and in saying that, I realized that is the only broad. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. Yeah, Um, I don't listen to a lot of their podcasts. I don't listen to. I if I'm going to listen to news broadcast rather than like read it myself or mm-hmm. research it myself if yeah. I'm going it's going to it's going to be NPR and I listen to NPR every fucking day NPR and PBS I mean that's that's where I <laughs> yeah, go PBS. like I mean I I yeah. I watch MSNBC because of Katie and it's on mm-hmm. and I will sometimes stop and what but it's like uh and then i get well, we annoyed don't have a, and, uh, that's the thing is we don't you know, have a yeah. tv in the house and yeah. dana doesn't watch tv anyway so right, right. if i want to watch nbc or msnbc i've got to put on pluto tv on the no, app and fuck I gotta that it's not even worth the effort i gotta actively watch it not and even i would worth rather i would rather listen to yeah. i've got my apple radio and that's just almost perpetually set to either 80s classic rock right. or or fucking npr yeah um and then I listen to podcasts, and my podcasts, you know, I have some some podcasts are, it's very interesting to me that, that the people in Chicago think I'm very, very, like, I like skirt a libertarian right-wing sort of thing. And if you looked at my podcast list, yeah, there's some, you know, I, I listen to the Glenn Lowry show, mm-hmm. um, I listen to Sam Harris, which I would argue is not that partisan at all, because um, he's really talking about... He, no. He's talking about big ideas. I, yeah. don't, I don't get the sense that he's, you know. I think Sam Harris is kind of but, above it all. But I also yeah. listen to Ezra Klein and, you know, and I, I mean, I, I lots and lots of fucking I used liberal... to listen to Ezra Klein, but Ezra Klein just bores the fuck out of See, me. He doesn't Ezra bore Klein, me. I, I think will, he's I interesting. Would listen, I would he's listen to his, he is very smart. And I would listen to, it was, what was it? Conversations with Ezra Klein. That was like, yeah, that was his yeah, podcast. Yeah. And I don't think he's on it anymore. No, but I wouldn't do that one. Either. He's got a different one. Okay, so I would listen to that, and I would because I listen to podcasts when I run. My workout is I listen to podcasts. Yeah, and I shit you not, Don. I could, I would be running, fucking. I'm working out. I'm running my fucking ass off, and I'm listening to Ezra Klein, and I'm I'm so fucking tired. So, I just so sleepy. I'm, so, <laughs> I'm gonna just take a swim. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, two miles ago. Okay, all right. It's like, yeah. he's just like, oh my he just god, bores what the, the shit out of you. Fuck, are you talking? See, that yeah. reminds me. That reminds me because when I rewrote this informational blog that I was yeah. telling you about, yeah, um, and I told Dana, she was like, "So what are you gonna do?" Because basically, he said, "You need to rewrite it, but it's got to be this Fox News scare tactic kind of thing." Yeah, and I went, "All right." I said, "Dana, have you seen Scrooged?" <laughs> She said, yeah. And I said, in the beginning of Scrooge, they all talk about, here's how we're going to promote the thing. And then he goes, no, I've got my thing. And it's like nuclear explosions and death in the streets and this fucking, ah, right? I went, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to take this assignment seriously. From now on, everything he asked me to write, I'm basically writing the uh, the 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 a Bill, Bill Murray, Murray version. Yeah. I'm writing a Bill Murray joke, and that's what I do every time. So today, I just have to share with you because this, you know, because it was like this. All right, because I wrote this <laughs> thing, and it was very good and informational. Um, here is the now for this. Um, this is the title of 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 it now. Mm-hmm. The steep impact of iOS 14 Facebook LinkedIn and Google policy changes on enterprise demand generation. That's the title. I didn't write that title by the way. My okay. title was shorter. My title was shorter, but here is my first line. The online sales industry in one quarter has undergone a massive sea change and there's blood in the water. Oh my god. That's what he wants. That's what he's going to get. That's my Bill Murray joke. It's going to work. He's going to love it. I mean, 
That's the problem with capitalism. <laughs> yes. Well, see, this is what Dana and I've been talking about. It's, it's like, how do you fit? Sales well, you, stop. You, just that was the thing. Is you wrote, down. you wrote, how's Don's yeah. job and how's he enjoying me back on social yeah. media? That was the topic you said. And yeah. my job is fine, but one of the things that I'm I'm experiencing, the thing is, I'm good at it. It's simple. I, I have my own schedule. You know, um, I'm writing, and they're paying me to write words. This is good. But man, I really fucking hate the sales space in the world. It just, it's just oily and greasy, and 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 so it's like ah, I'll do this for now, and yeah. and I like it, and I like the business, but it's like, man, this just feels a little skeevy. I don't like the salesy shit. I don't. Sales like is it. always icky. So and maybe the cop. Yeah. That's the thing is is all and you've done this longer than I have. Is all copywriting basically this sort of fucking no? Gross? I, I mean, at, at times, yes. I, I mean, there are times when you're like, you've got a client, and you just like you have to write their salesy bullshit because that's the client, but it's a job and whatever, you know. And you come home at night or you get up early in the morning and you write your creative artistic shit for later date or for your book or. Oh yeah, whatever. What and you make up for it, you know. The other day, I wrote that piece, and then I spent the afternoon working on my casino yeah. at the end of the world book because that's my art, right? You know, that's yeah. that's. Well, you've heard that story. I wrote about that story, right? Uh, when just Justin I, Kaufman comes to me, he's in shock. Yeah. Freud, he comes to me at the WBEZ. He says, uh, you know, they're going to pay us a whole lot of money yes. to be sketch comedy, Schadenfreude. And I said, listen, I said, if a guy walked in here in a suit. Five thousand, ten thousand dollars suit, and said, "You know, Don Hall, I'll give you, you know, fifty thousand dollars to suck my dick right here in the middle of the newsroom." Mm-hmm. I dropped to my fucking feet and I'd fucking hum Yankee Doodle Dandy while I fucking do the final countdown, whatever he wanted. Would you like a finger up your ass too? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. What else but I do you wouldn't need? call. Yeah. And I take the money, but I wouldn't it's call it art. my art. No. And and Dana's heard that story when I told her the other day. You know, th- this is the thing, and she goes, "Yeah, but it's not your art." You know, so, so it was like again, the science of selling. The heart, the difficulty of the selling doesn't bother me. It's the fact that we're selling. It just makes you'll me get past sick. that. Yeah, well, you'll, what, you'll grow up. Well, of see that. The, the thing. The thing you say that that's the thing, and that's this is what I've been thinking about. I wrote about this today. It's not really for public consumption. It's just like because mm. I write just for me too. Yeah, it's um, so and selfish of, things, of you. Yeah, I know. I'm a selfish. What are you man. an anti-vaxer? Yes. No, actually, I'm not. I've been vaccinated. I've had both shots. Um, but no, I wrote, that was one of the things I wrote, because I knew, because that's the thing is, yeah, you'll get used to it. You'll get over that hump. Well, I was told when I started at the Wild Wild West yeah. that, you know, I was like, you know, the, the, you know the, these are just people. They're just prostitutes. They're not bad people. You have to be kind to everybody. You have to really kind of... And I was told... They're just people. I was told, They're just prostitutes. They're not bad people. Well, well, we had a lot of... That's things. We had a lot of prostitutes on the property. And the thing about it is They're a lot of... They're doing the Lord's just, work, man. We're just shitty to them. They were just like, your scumbags, get off the property. They were mean to them. That's why I was known as the nice manager, because yeah. I recognize that what they're doing is not ostensibly different than what I'm doing. Right. They're, they're sucking dick for money, and I'm giving my time and my effort for money. Okay, Same great. Yep. So I was always, I, you know, I couldn't let them in the thing if they're going to solicit, but I was very kind to them. And I was told over and over, multiple times, you'll get over that feeling that they're human. I mean, they didn't say that they're human, but they'll get yeah, over that yeah. feeling, and you'll start to hate everybody around. And I never did. And so that's one of the reasons why it was... Like I needed well, but to you leave. Were, you were only there a year and a, a half. A year and a half. Yeah. And 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 at a year and a half, I started to feel that that pull of everybody's kind of a grifting piece of shit. And I went for the same reason that at See, one point I got is, rid of Facebook. This is funny to me. This is because really I don't want to be yeah. that person. I don't yeah. want to look at people. That's why I got face got rid of Facebook for so long. Was because I was like, I'm learning to hate people, and I don't want to be the guy that hates people I don't know. See here. Here's the thing: those those prostitutes that had to come into the 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 the, the casino uh, without soliciting, like that was me writing spam emails. Like I had to figure out ways yeah. to sell bullshit without. And that's exactly it being what they obvious, had to do, right? And if they were good at but it, it also, I was proud of them. What's funny is that you're you're older than me. You're you're. In, in, I'm I like, think in, in most I'm conversations, almost, I'm 14 years older than you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like and a in whole most conversations, older than you. There is a degree of 
oh, David, you'll get there kind of wisdom that you, you have. Because you've got 14 years on me, right? Like, yeah. And that's kind of the way it should that's be. That's natural. Yeah, that's yeah. the way it should be. But in this situation, because I've, I've oh. been copywriting long, like, I say you'll get over it. But <coughs> the first year and a half that I was doing the soul-sucking bullshit, it was eating yeah. me alive. I wanted to well, that's fucking the thing die. Is, and by the well, time the I got to the spam email, it was like, ah, fuck it. My soul's dead. Yeah. I've been doing this for 15 it, years already. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? And that's the thing. And that's, well, I do think that. I, I so do think that. When you're that 70, sort of, when you're 70, you'll be like, yeah, whatever. Give it to me. Just give me the fucking well, see, money. Well, that's I don't the care. thing is, 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 and, and that's the, I think that is a distinct difference between you and I. Um, and I don't think it, because you know, I know you're going to take this as a pejorative to you. And that's not at all what I mean is that you have, in most of your life, been okay with... I mean, not even been okay. You've just had money. And the jobs that you take, well, you've had money. And so the acquisition well, of money and, and making compromises for money is not as difficult. I've never... Dude, I was a public school teacher, a jazz trumpet player, a, an off-loop theater producer. I worked for National Public Radio. There's never been a job in my entire 55 years that had anything to do with making money. Yeah. Here's and where so you're the half, idea you're that I would get rough, over it so right. that I could make money, I'm not comfortable. Like, I don't do anything. If I can make enough money, and the thing is, I can make enough money for Dana and I to live Yeah. doing almost anything that I feel less conflicted by so yeah the idea that i'll get over it and just be okay with making the money i don't think that's ever going to happen i'm 55 and i've never had a job that paid me more than eighty thousand dollars a year yeah. ever in my life yeah. and that was only for a brief period so i'm really not that's I, well, if i have to get over my bad feelings about it i just mean to find another job well it's i mean it's it's a multitude of things and i need to address your statement that i've always had money in my yeah, jobs because right, that's go. not i knew you true. would you're half, you're half right you're i know how uncomfortable right. that shit makes you i know well, but the thing about it is if it makes you that uncomfortable you have to recognize that if it makes you that uncomfortable it might not be the greatest thing if you have to defend it just like me with well, this whole like copywriting. No, I, if not, I got I'm to a point where I feel like any, I'm not defending right, anything. This ahead. is, I mean, Knock this yourself. is actually a, an argument that I got into with my dad last weekend. I, I feel like I need a cigarette while I tell this story because I can't. I just it's a fucking thing. Pretend like you're smoking. Uh, my jobs did not pay me well. At all until much later, like we when we had we, there was the episode we talked about how much I make at August Jackson, and I'm not shilling for August Jackson. I'm not selling bullshit. I'm not my soul is dying a little. You're for yeah. Biden. You're yeah, rocking like, that I, shit. So. I'm good. I am one hundred percent good being with paid this six job. Figures, yeah. If you weren't being paid six figures to write goddamn speeches for Biden, I'd think there's something wrong with the world. But it took. I mean, I'm. I was 41, 40, whatever I was, you know, before I was like, I had another job when I was 30 that paid me 60 grand a year. And it was, I was a, I was the brand manager and senior copywriter for, uh, first alert. And I was writing copy and packaging copy for smoke alarms and pool alarms and like life-saving shit. So that's not soul sucking. Cause that's like actually helping people. Okay. But dude, my, sure. my first job out of college, so and then I made sixty grand, which isn't bad at all. That's not bad. Uh, what age? What age? I was 30, 31. You know how much I was making when I was thirty, thirty-one. Yeah. Do you know? I, mean, how I much? no, I don't. No, I don't. But I know it's not a lot. Uh, because of the I way you're looking years, at me right now. When I was making, when I was thirty-one <laughs> years old, um, I was making zero dollars a yeah. year and paying out of my teacher's fund, pension fund that I, I I retired early, so that I could do theater. That's what I was doing when I was thirty-one. Yeah. And you know how much I was making when I was your age? What are you? Forty-one. Forty. Yeah, I'm forty-one. You're forty-one, and you're making six figures. Yeah. Um, I started about 41 was when I started for uh, WBEZ, and I made $30,000 a year. Yeah, that's insane. And that's bullshit. I mean, it is. And the it's most, and then, and, then it took, and then it took me five years to get to a point 
where I was making $63,000 a year, and then a little bit later, a little bit more. Well, that's a hell of a bump the, in those five years. That's a, well, yeah, yeah, well, that's, I mean, it was that's a, great, it, yeah. It was incremental bumps, but it definitely doesn't matter. That's last doubling your big. salary. That's but doubling your salary in five years. That's, that's the most. That's the most money I've ever made in my life per year. But I've so, and that's all I'm ever going to make. I don't care. But that's up not until, why I even do when I jobs. was working for First Alert, and I was making that sixty, and I got laid off a year and a half or fired, whatever the fuck you want to. I don't because I, I don't know if they, they eliminated the position. Is that a firing, a layoff? I don't fucking know. Doesn't matter. Whatever. I was making a lot of money at the time, but I was also working. I, I was freelancing full time and working full time, full time, and making like 110. But I was, I had nothing else going on. I was $110,000 a year. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, 31. But I was working like nine <laughs> different jobs. It didn't last long. So what? No, one hundred ten thousand dollars a year. Okay, do you realize? Okay, but at wait, 31, but wait. At thirty-one, no, at thirty-one, if I'd have made one hundred ten thousand dollars a year at my given salary, I could have worked that one year and then not worked four I more know. years. I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, dude. I one hundred percent understand what you're saying. The other thing is, <laughs> leading up to that point, I was making twenty-three grand a year. I was making barely thirty at one point for a minute. Um, I was I mean, homeless. No, I know. So I was I'm making less than zero. My fortitude is uh-huh. because I knew that I would never be homeless. I because I could always go back to daddy's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you grew you up know, with money. Like, so I, yeah. I get. I, it's not I like, get that. It's not like yeah. It's not. It's not like you're Donald Trump where you took a six million dollar loan out. Right. And went, I hey. never, never. No, it's ever, not that. It's, it's not a, always not made me uncomfortable. I've never liked doing it. Never liked asking Dad to help out with rent this well, month because I was. Well, let me ask the you the question. This is, and 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 then we got to move on. But I, I, I actually, that you said that. That's exactly what I'm dealing with. Is it made you feel uncomfortable? So what is the price of your discomfort? Because honestly, that's that is. I mean that's that's what I dealt with when I was at the casino, mm. and that's kind of what I'm dealing right now. Is what is the price for my discomfort at what I'm doing? Yeah, because because and I'm not even going to talk about the the writing because the thing about it is again I don't feel that conflicted. There, there's some con, there's definitely some conflict conflict coming mm. coming mm. in my way mm. with this particular gig, but with the casino, well, what are you conflict, selling? Well, that thing is well. I don't want to get into. Too. Okay. It's 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 a sales thing. It's sales done. Because if but you're what selling, I will say is, if you're selling the cure for cancer, we are not. That's a we, good I thing, guarantee right? Like, no, we are selling the ability for other people to sell to other people. And that's that's the capitalist bullshit see, that I hate. See what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's like when I was at yeah. the casino, that was that was really sort of the hard line was that I was being paid. For what I do, and in my sort of experience, I mean, I like I said, I've not experienced the six-figure job in my whole life. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ever, and I don't care about that. I made enough money for us to be able to pay our rent, go on trips. Dude, you live. Some, I have, have said this on beer. the Apecast. I've said this to you. I've I said this it. to Katie. I, I said this it. to my mom the other day that if, yeah. when the apocalypse happens and everyone's Bitcoin goes to bullshit and their fucking yeah. IRA and their 401k. Dana and I are gold. We're gold. You guys are gold. And guess what? We're gold. Everybody else is fucked. Katie and Harry and David Himmel are fucking you're coming come to live, you. Because, you're coming to live with us. Because yeah. you guys are survivors. You guys are yep. smart. And yep. Katie is far more the capitalist in our... Oh, I know. I know. She's in real estate now. I know. Buying a house from Katie would feel to me like buying a house from Mary Tyler Moore. It's just so goddamn earnest and sweet right. and like enthusiastic and throw the hat in the air. It, like I, but not yeah. not not ordinary people, Mary Tyler Moore. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week is a read. Oh, it's, nice. It's on Vox. Don't go of to our don't is. go to our website. No, don't <laughs> go, go to Literate. Go to Vox. Yeah, because that's what we do. <laughs> but I just I sent this to you today. It's just so yes, fucking funny. Yes, this is so fucking and funny. And I feel like maybe this should be our one of our topics next week. Uh, All right, maybe we'll talk the, about it next week. I think it's funny. the culture wars. This is like 
I feel like this is the moment where the culture wars blew up in our face. Like we're trying to light a firework, an M80 in the dark, really close to our face, and it lights and it blows up in our fucking eyeball. Uh, Vox. Right-wing coffee companies want to make coffee great again. Holy jumping Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. It's... Well, when I read it, well, the thing about it is what, you know, is that, that I wrote, hashtag lattes matter, right. and then you wrote hashtag <laughs> all lattes, lattes matter, matter. And that, that you know, that, that, that's our reaction, yes. And this, what's funny to me is that it's not even a dig at, like, conservative coffee shops. It's a dig at the idea that there have to be conservative because fuck it god jesus yeah yeah but it's it's just it's funny i, I think let's see talk the about thing is i don't <laughs> i don't mind drinking at a, a, like a conservative coffee shop if they brand themselves conservative i don't mind that oh, as long gives. as the coffee's good however they're not gonna beat starbucks there's a lot more locally owned coffee like here in vegas there's a lot of really i mean i've done it because i work remotely so i can fucking go to coffee shops and sit with my fucking ipad and fucking work i think vegas there's, has some of the best independent like, coffee shops independent. in the nation Rock i don't have roll. that Rock i, I can't find that many I in chicago it. honest to christ yeah, no i it's I, I i'm thrilled with it so yes yeah but yeah let's talk about let's talk yeah, about the we'll conservative week. Uh, yeah overtake just the, the, the culture wars how how right, it, yeah. it's blowing up in our faces and yeah, anyway all right yeah all right <laughs> um this is along the lines i just think this i thought this was just a really amazingly well written article it's a read my first thing it is in the atlantic it's in technology it's by kate crawford it was mm-hmm. published april 27th it's called artificial intelligence is misreading human emotion. Now, we've already heard about the concepts that that a lot of AI, like facial recognition, mm-hmm. doesn't register when they when they see black people, which is a big problem. Uh, but even more of a problem is, and this is, there is no good evidence that facial expressions reveal a person's feelings, but big tech companies want you to believe otherwise. This is a really really well-written article um and i highly recommend it because really what it boils down to and what i like about it is all the bullshit elon musk wants you to know Mm -hmm. is bullshit i feel like very likely some bullshit elon musk is uh, i don't want to say our generations but it's like this times pt barnum like I don't. I don't know. I just feel like he so is not thing, to be I, trusted in any right, way. No, I gotta say. I gotta say this, and, and it's gotta be qualified. But I think Elon Musk is uh, your generation's Steve Jobs. Um, yeah, that's because fair. because I, you know yeah. Steve Jobs. He was a visionary in marketing. Um, he didn't really invent anything. He just knew how to put things together in yeah. a way that made it sexy, and ultimately. Because he got cancer, he kind of had this revelation, and he ended up creating some ideas and pushing some ideas. The thing I think is most wait, but he didn't push that, his ideas because he had cancer. The cancer happened, and he no, died no. pretty fucking quickly. Well, yeah, pretty quickly. But he knew he had, he knew he was he knew. I mean, again, I've read all the books. He knew he had he knew he had a propensity for the cancer long before. Oh, propensity for the cancer. Yeah, he knew he knew stuff was coming. Anyway. What I think is interesting is uh, I think Elon Musk is that version um, and his he's not inventing anything new. He's just doing cool things in a cool way mm-hmm. and he's kind of a dick. And what I think is interesting is like the legend of Steve Jobs being like this, you know, dictatorial totalitarian asshole. Right. If he were still alive today, he'd be Scott Rudin. Who is now being destroyed because yeah. not because not because he's sexually harassed, not because he was racist, yeah. just because he was, he was a he was an asshole. Yeah. So you know it's like he died at the right time. So that's my number one is in the Atlantic. Artificial intelligence intelligence is misreading human emotion. It's funny you say that um, that that Elon Musk is a dick because it God's fucking honest truth. When I see Elon Musk's face. The first thing that pops into my head is, and I'm not saying this to, like, is, wouldn't this be a funny thing to say on the Apecast? It's just where my brain has always gone right away. I bet that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger's asshole looks like. 
And I don't mean like, oh, that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger's ask. I mean like the actual like sphincter pinky part that 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 pushes the poop out. The asshole. All right. The Sarlacc pit of Arnold so, Schwarzenegger's so, so, so butt. So that's your perspective. That's this what Elon's face looks like I, to me. So that's not what his face looks like to me. The thing is, I think he is... Uh, I think you're right that he's about equal parts Einstein and equal parts P.T. Barnum. There's no question in my mind. Sure, yeah. yeah. But when I see him and I look at his face, I think that's what a Down syndrome child thinks he looks like when he looks in the mirror. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, you're, yes, much better than Arnold Schwarzenegger's asshole. Yes. That's what what I see. All right, what's your second thing? Oh God, that is so funny. Am I right? So spot on. Yeah, it's getting what he looks like. (laughs) Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh God. Okay. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) What's your number two? That's. (laughs) I I will be. Laughing about that and regretting my laughter about that for a while, and I thank you. I thank you for that. You it are is my a, gift. You are a true friend. It is my gift. My next thing is a read in the Atlantic. <laughs> the headline for this one: <coughs> Millions are saying no to the vaccines. What are they thinking? Feelings about the vaccine are intertwined with feelings about the pandemic. This is by Derek Thompson. So it's basically like understanding why the anti-vaxxers are anti-vaxxers. Uh, and not necessarily about like all vaccines, but the, the yeah. COVID-19 yeah. one specifically. This specifically, yeah, yeah. And it's a good read because it's like, yeah, there's a shit ton of anti-vaxxers that are just fucking morons. Yeah. But there are some that are like... Okay, you're a fucking moron, but I get where you're coming from, and let's try and discuss this a little bit. So it's, yeah, it's let's have a conversation. It's and good. it will help you have that conversation with your fucking moron cousin or whoever the fuck it is. You know. Anyway, I don't have a conversation with my moron cousin that doesn't have because I've been vaccinated. Fuck off. Yeah. My second thing is, um, this is a, a watch. And I never heard of it, and it was one of those things where it just like, you know how you get in the, oh, you watch this, so we recommend this, so we recommend this kind of thing mm-hmm. in any any of the streaming services. Um, it's rare for me to watch a movie that, phys- that like physically makes me uncomfortable. She's still laughing about that Elon Musk. I am so It's because it's so dead on. Here because is- I look in the mirror and I see myself and I'm like, I'm Bradley well, Cooper. Well, without I, I a don't perm. think that, but like, I, I think like maybe Freddie Mercury, Rick Ocasek, like who are like the weird, skinny, ugly guys oh, God, like, throughout not, the year. You no, know, you were much better looking at Rick Ocasek. Rick Ocasek was like hideous. Uh, I mean, cool, cool. But yeah, but Jesus he, he, Christ. But like he, yeah, but like he produced Weezer's Blue Album. You no, know, he's super cool. I'm not saying anything against you know, him. Yeah. but the guy's not a good looker. I mean, not well, and neither close. is Elon Musk. But he does cool shit. Like, he so looks like, you know, he looks like, all right, anyway, we, we already I discussed just, it, all right. Oh, God. Anyway, my second no. thing is, uh, and I want you to watch this, because it is rare for me to watch a movie that makes me actually uncomfortable. Eric Wilson and I had a conversation not too long ago about how he doesn't like to watch anything that makes him uncomfortable, and I, I, I gravitate toward things that make me uncomfortable. That's fun. Yeah. Which makes me the, you know, I'm, I'm literally... The negative image of a woke person. Like, yeah, there's totally, Peter Kremitis. Yep. There's Peter Kremitis on one side, and then I'm the other mirror image because I look for a discomfort. I'm going to defend Peter in this one moment because this dude has been, he, he's quit smoking. He has, like, been working out. He has changed his entire lifestyle, broken all of his, his in his, you know, in his paraphrased words here, bad habits. He uh-huh. has made himself uncomfortable to live a better life. So I, I well, I'm glad he's living a better life. That woke motherfucker. Anyway, okay. um, 
what I'm going to say is my second thing is it's a movie called Sandpaper. There's nobody in it that you've seen. And I'm not get within the first five minutes you get the idea. That's the thing. What I what I think is so brilliant about this movie is there's no lead up. I mean, it's like the, you know, like like in the M Night Shyamalama Ding Dong version, there would be <laughs> two and a half hours or right, two yeah. hours of fucking lead up to find right. the twist. No, no, the twist happens five minutes in, and then you just have to sit in it. And what the twist is, woman. Going through a divorce, got a house, hires this guy, this old guy, this older, like, 55, 60-year-old guy named Howard to build her a deck. And you find out in five minutes that Howard is batshit fucking crazy. Okay. And from that moment on, man, it is the most uncomfortable goddamn movie I've ever seen. I was glued to this mm. thing. I was, I literally was talking to the screen going, no, no, God. It was... Sandpaper, what? you gotta watch it. Sandpaper. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, I highly recommend it. And I guarantee you, if you and Katie watch it together, you will never let a stranger in your house again, ever. Well, then how are we ever gonna have sex again? My third thing. <laughs> <laughs> My third thing is a watch. It's yes. on Netflix. And it is... <clears throat> Fucking dumb and fun. Okay. Uh, to- it's Thunder Force on Netflix. Is it good? I haven't Dude. watched it yet. Is it good? No. I, but it's fun. It's, it is exactly... That's I, the one I, with I Melissa McCarthy, right? Melissa McCarthy and her, her okay. husband, whose name completely escapes me right now. He's acted in it. And he's an actor, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But he yeah. wrote and directed it. It's a superhero movie. It's got, um, uh, not Viola Davis. Uh, Jesus. It better not be a black woman. Because it is. if you just it's said a black Viola woman. Davis, nope, it's a black woman. you just said that all black women Olivia. look like all Olivia, black women. Oh. Olivia. Oh, you're so sad. Olivia? You're such a racist piece oh, of shit. fuck me. What is it? They all look like Elon that's Musk. Like, that's like the guy. They, no, that's the all guy. Black women look that's like the guy. <laughs> That's like the guy that said to Sam Jackson, that compared him to fucking, and said, and basically said he was uh, he was Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, it's like no, I know. you can't do that. You can't say it's Octavia Viola Davis Spencer. and then Jesus. You Christ. just said that it was Viola Davis. No, it wasn't. It was Octavia. You just Octavia basically Spencer. said that all black women look the same. Shame on you. weren't they in the same? Were they in the same movie? Oh, fuck, I fucked up. It's late. I've had a scotch or two. Forgive me. Uh, this is the ape cast. There's no forgiveness. Uh, uh, Dana, right? Dana says at the beginning of the ape cast, we're going to say yeah. shit that you're not going to like, so just deal with it. So anyway, Thunder Force. Octavia Spencer, Melissa McCarthy, Jason Bateman's in it. Uh, it like is Jason so... It is, it's a superhero movie. It's so... Unplug and just watch this dumb fucking movie. All right, it is watch so it. stupid, but there are like good laugh moments, and Melissa McCarthy is fantastic. It's, All right, it's then I'll watch it. All right, that's yeah. the recommendation I hear, because I, yeah. I didn't want to watch it, because it didn't look good. I but, mean, uh, All right, I'll watch it. I'll yeah. watch it now. Yeah. My third thing is a triad, and this is weird, because kind of on a... On, I, I don't even know where. I don't even know where this came from, but I had a, sort of like a fundamental problem with the idea of the live-action reimagining of Disney classics. You know, name and, name a good one. Well, oh, well see this is what I'm gonna, that's the thing. I hadn't watched most of them. Maybe the I'd Jungle seen, Book. Yeah. I saw I saw Beauty and actually the thing about it is Jungle Book is fine but Mowgli's better. Which mm, is the uh, Mowgli is the yeah. one that was directed by uh Gollum. Uh the guy that played Gollum. You know and, what I'm talking and, about. Andy Cir- circus Cir- Andy Cir- Circus yeah, yeah yeah he directed Mowgli is in my opinion superior yeah. to the Jungle Book but yes. it's the same thing yes but uh, I didn't really I mean you know it's like I think Beauty and the Beast is an animated feature is Shit. far better than oh, the, the right 110,000 yeah you're right yes. right but I, the other night for some reason because I got Disney Plus you know I, mm-hmm. I, I've ordered I've had Disney Plus because I gotta watch my Falcon and the Snowman and I gotta watch my WandaVision and you know <laughs> my Star Wars you know my Star Wars shit so anyway, I suddenly got into the thing and I went, you know what? I haven't seen the live action Milan. And oh. I didn't really, I mean, 
And and I went, fuck this. And I watched it and it was fun. It was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was well acted. It was well directed. And I bawled like a fucking baby. So this, I've heard I mean, this it's one really I, good. It's I, fucking I've never, phenomenal. Have you, have you seen the, the animated one? Because I never saw the animated yes. one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, I saw the animated I, yeah. in the theater. It's really good. In the and theater? Then went, really? Well, you were like in your 40s when that came out. Or 30s. Yeah. I like, I like Disney. Do you I'm like Disney kids? <sighs> Cool. Anyway, no. It, but <laughs> right, yeah. so one night, when yeah. the, but this is a triad because that's the thing is, it's like Danny was sleeping and I watched Milan, and I went, "This is or Mulan. It's really good." <laughs> I'm sorry, I said Milan. I wasn't even correct. I was like, "Yeah, Milan." Totally. It was, no, that's it's really, Mulan. Right. But it was like it was like, "Oh Jesus. wow, this was quite fucking good." So yeah. I went, "All right, well, it was right, up for I'm, an Oscar, I'm on, wasn't it?" I'm on this. Yeah, I'm on yeah. this train. And I don't want to watch this, but I'm gonna. So I watched the Will Smith Aladdin, and no. I liked it. Come on, no, I liked it, dude. I Were liked you just it. Just in it's, a mood. No, I mean maybe I was just in a mood, but it was it was it was better than. It, it was not as good as Mulan was, but it was still pretty good. And I thought Will Smith did. I mean, you know, if you're stepping into Robin Williams' shoes. That's hard as shit. He did a pretty decent job. I really enjoyed it. But then the bigger surprise, and I do mean this is the bigger surprise, was that I I mean, this was a whole night. I was up till fucking three o'clock in the morning. Oh my god. Um, I Dan. went, I went, you know what? I love John Favreau. I really do. Yeah. He's uh, great. And I love the Lion King, but I haven't seen the sort of like live action sort of digital like let's make them like photorealistic animals version of the lion king did Favreau so direct I, that yeah because he and did went, the jungle book yeah i know yeah. and so i went all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go like i'm i'm on the i'm on this journey yeah so let's let's watch the lion king and it was fucking great no it wasn't i Stop. mean no it's fu- no dude it's fucking great I was like shocked and I was moved by, and, and I'll tell you I the other thing. I think you were tired. That, I think you were tired. No, no. The thing is that I love, what I really loved about the Lion King, probably more than any aspect, and I and, and that's the thing, as you know, I got my issues with the woke. Yeah. I've got my issues. But what <laughs> I really, I, tr- I mean, I did, and it and I didn't think it would be noticeable, but it was, is that the voice acting is by an all black cast, with the exception of John Oliver. John Oliver, yeah, every, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, which is perfectly appropriate. Yeah, and I went, and and the thing is, I didn't think it would make a difference, and it makes a fucking difference. And I'll be honest with you, the other thing that was just like it did, it really moved me, in a way that I didn't think it would, is that James Earl Jones still does Mufasa, and so the combination of having like. Uh, yeah, you know, it just like all these actors. It just was really lovely. I mean, the circle of life is sung by a, an Afri- like an African woman, a woman from Africa, and she, and it makes an incredible difference in how I received it, at least. So what I'm going to say is, take take some time, do a little Mulan, and I think you should do it in this order. Watch Mulan. Well, yeah. Watch Aladdin, even though you don't have... I'm just telling you, it's way better than you think it is. Okay. And it's fun. It's fun. The thing I liked the most about it was uh, the actor that played Jafar is so scumbaggy. He was perfect. He was perfect. He was so much better than the like arch-evil British kind of version. Mm-hmm. He was just he was just perfect. And I thought Will Smith was actually charming, and I enjoyed it. Um, I just, but then I don't the like Lion the King Will was Smith. mind-blowing did blue face uh you know i've it's good it's it's katie's side of the family but she's got smurfs on her side of the family and that just bothers me that will smith is doing blue face it's just it gets a whole thing i that's not funny and that's the show (laughs) you did a blue face joke and we're ending the show on your blue face joke as we should we should we should have ended it on the Elon Musk description but we went we just had to keep going we had our stuff <laughs> dude you are so fucking anything you've said before this moment and anything you will say after will never be more right 
and what you said when you said that Elon Musk looks like what every Down syndrome person thinks they look like when they look in the mirror. And it's because it's such a layered thing to say. Like, is that an insult? And if it is, to who? Which side? Is it a good thing? And if so, to who? Oh my God, that is... Oh, I love it. I fucking love you for it. <laughs> I mean, that is a joke that's up there with, with, with Hemingway's... What what is it? Baby shoes for sale, never worn. Whatever oh, that. The, yeah, that's the, the like, six word story. Yeah, it's like that level of of, <laughs> of well, I simple you. complication or complicated simplicity. Wow, just wow, Don, just wow. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.